Hey guys, thanks for joining me for this 24th episode of Season 2 of Good Questions with Cameron Dole. Special guests in this episode include Michael Stewart. He's the host of the A Little Something Yay podcast. And we'll also visit with legendary Don McLean about the 50th anniversary of American Pie and many other current projects he's got going. Of course, if you would, please take the time to subscribe, drop a like, comment, leave some feedback, and I'd appreciate it if you'd share it with your friends. Now, do you wear socks to bed? You know, even when it's not negative 40 degrees. Well, according to a doctor slash TikTok star named Jess Andrade in Worcester, Massachusetts, there's a good reason to wear socks to bed. It'll help you fall asleep faster. In a new video, she says, quote, wearing socks makes your feet warm and this opens up the blood vessels that cools the body down. Now, the body being cool tells the brain it's time for bed, so actually, people that wear socks tend to fall asleep faster. One of her other tips for falling asleep is called the 10-3-2-1-0 method. Stop drinking caffeine 10 hours before bed. Stop eating or drinking alcohol 3 hours before. Stop doing work 2 hours before to unwind. Stop looking at screens 1 hour before and hit snooze zero times in the morning. And to that I say, good luck. Well, our first guest is Michael Stewart. And uh, I, I I don't want to say it with the wrong inflections, Michael. So I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna let you introduce uh, introduce the podcast because I, I, I can't sing it like you do either. <laughs> I'm actually interested. I kind of want to hear what you were going to, how you were going to say it. <laughs> A little something. Uh, yeah. Is that how, is that close? That was Yes, that was beautiful. Listen, we're in the business of supporting out a little something gay. <laughs> well, Michael, tell us, uh, how did uh, how did podcasting, I mean, why podcasting now? I know that uh, the pandemic has kind of made everybody do things a little different. Is that maybe the, the, the time element help you out a little bit? You know, I think so. Um, having an excess of time on your hands really does make you start to explore for every avenue for entertainment. And um, <laughs> this was a way for me to just kind of uh, get get my myself out there a little more. And um, it was also a great way to just kind of stay connected with people, see how they're doing. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoy it. It's really become a passion project for me. Now, all of them have their own genres and their uh, their their categories that they that that that, that they go into. Uh, mine's kind mm-hmm. of a little hodgepodge. It's kind of a, a morning show side uh, side show, I guess is kind of what it is. But uh, tell mm-hmm. us a little bit what are what are some of the main subjects that uh, that that you guys cover and talk about uh, in your episodes. Oh, well, we've gotten to talk about a lot of stuff. And listen, I'm really open to talking about a lot more. Um, I'm only at about 10 episodes right now. I'm working on episode 11. Um, so we talk about uh, we talk about trans visibility. We talk about the sexuality of uh, the spectrum of sexuality in the LGBTQIA plus community. Um, a lot of times I use the word queer as sort of a blanket for anybody within the LGBTQIA umbrella. Um, we talk about terminology. That's a big one. What people are comfortable with, what they're uncomfortable with. Basically, I just wanted to keep a safe space for people to have an open dialogue. And also, it's a great way to kind of demystify the queer experience for people that maybe don't understand it as well. Now, speaking uh, along those lines, demystifying it, uh, you put the name gay in the, in the headline and, and has, 
how how has uh, how has the response been to that? Does that does that kind of open it up, or does that sometimes close some doors? That's a question. Yeah. Uh, I think it was a bold move to put it in there, but I've never been one to kind of shy away from that. I've always been very strongly gaily forward, if you will. And um, I know as a young queer person growing up, I looked to older queer people or anybody that was openly queer as sort of like a beacon. And I always was gravitating towards them, trying to learn more, trying to understand more. And I think that had a lot to do with my own feelings and um my identity as a queer person growing up. So I, I would like to say it has been received positively. I have not gotten a lot of hate from it yet, <laughs> but we'll see. Like I said, we're kind of just starting out. I started this podcast back in 2019 and uh, wasn't really able to devote as much time to it as I would have liked. Then with the pandemic happening, I got the gift of time. So now I've been able to really focus on it and learned a lot, still learning a lot and hoping to grow and, and keep going. What's, what's been the most difficult part of, uh, of starting the podcast for you? The most difficult part. Oh, trying to figure out content and social media. That has been very interesting. Um, I, <laughs> I would like to say that I am young enough to really navigate social media. However, I didn't really give a lot of attention to it. <laughs> uh, so ha ha learning how to kind of, um, just pant myself out, I guess, and, and get more people to, <laughs> to listen, more people to follow, you know, we really are living in kind of a time with the social media currency, which I hate, but you know, it's, it's, it's the beast you have to, you have to conquer. So here we are. Now, uh, the last episode, I know that uh, you spoke with one of your uh, former school friends and, and also an entertainer is, is that kind of the yes. format you try to keep on, on the different episodes? How, how do you pick your guests? I guess is what I mean. Well, I like to pick them based on, uh, it's hard to say, everybody has a story and I think everybody has a great story to tell. So like I said, trying to figure out the right content has been tricky, it's been interesting, but I found that if you just let the microphone roll, you're gonna pick up something really interesting and informative. Uh, my dad likes to say, uh, people love to talk about themselves. So I think really just, getting people to open up, you, you learn so much more about them. And, um, I do like to, uh, utilize my friends and family. I, one of my episodes, I had my, my cousin Whitney on, she was a contestant on the voice. So I like to try and take opportunities where I can. So yeah, it's been, it, it, it hasn't been difficult to get people to open up and share their really raw, um, uninhibited stories, which is which is great. I think everybody loves to hear that because everybody can kind of relate to that. And right now to, to kind of put a spin on things, a lightness, uh, a brightness and trying to put a smile on people's face. I mean, there's not a lot of smiles out there. That's one of the things. Uh, mm -hmm. One of the words that I use most to describe 2020 was dark. It was dark and heavy. Uh, trying to lighten people's lives. I mean, how much pressure do you put on yourselves to to also make sure there's some lightness as well? Well, fortunately, it. it maybe it's because of my disposition or the company that I keep, we are able to really keep things light and not have to go into those heavier places. That being said, I am really interested in kind of getting into more uh, difficult to uh, talk about subjects, uh, especially with 
with transvisibility, with um, rights for uh, people of color. Those are really heavy topics that are very um, important to discuss right now. Uh, and any marginalized group really, I think needs needs some attention. But my podcast is a comedy lifestyle podcast. Um, I think that there is very few things in this world that you can't have a good laugh at, especially if you don't take yourself too seriously. And maybe that is translated into the content that I'm producing. And I, I, I thank you for saying that it, it, it gives people a, a moment of levity. That's what we are here to do is, is provide a moment of levity. Now, now what, uh, what has been the most outlandish thing that, uh, that, that has happened so far on the podcast? The most outlandish thing it usually comes from me because I'm usually trying to uh, get my guests to say something naughty or um, out of character. Uh, <laughs> I have a friend who started her own business as a spray tan artist, and I tried to get her to describe uh, the process of spray tanning naked bodies and, you know, what <laughs> what folds open who, what bends over where. And uh, she did not really uh, comply the way that I would have wanted her to. However, it was a lovely episode anyway. <laughs> That's good stuff. Now, uh, <laughs> along the lines, you talk about uh, acceptance and identity. How do you mm -hmm. think we, uh, and I ask this because I truly believe that, uh, that for us to make a change, we have to talk. We have to talk. And I'm a straight adult male. And mm -hmm. I, I think, in my eyes, it, it looks like things are getting better. And it, it seems to me that the friends that I keep, that maybe ideas or conceptions are different than they once were. And that mm -hmm. it's, that it's an, a more accepting community that we live in today. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? Or is it actually harder on the opposite side, I I, honestly, I, I'm, I'm asking because I, I honestly want to know. I think that there is a lot that is happening within the queer community that is getting better. Uh, where we need work is definitely violence against trans, the trans community. There's a lot of violence against trans women. There's still a lot of um, there's still a, a lot that needs to be understood about the, the trans community, myself included. I have was I was born and raised in Oklahoma. I don't I didn't meet a lot of trans people growing up. So we there definitely is a bit of a learning curve that we we should recognize. Um, but you're right. There are some some really amazing things that have been happening for the queer community, marriage equality, um, the you know, the uh, don't ask, don't tell being repealed. I mean, there, there are some really big things that have changed just within the last three to five years. So, yes, I, I do think you, you're right in saying that, that things are, are changing. Also, people are are taking it upon themselves to really check in with themselves and to see what their actual thoughts on the queer community is. I think a lot of people grew up uh, inundated with the church and the teachings of maybe uh, not so loving where uh, as far as uh, the LGBTQIA plus community is concerned. So I think... And, and maybe this is because the pandemic has really allowed us all to sit with ourselves and to check in with how we really feel, to explore. Uh, I know I've done more reading now than I ever have in my entire life. And I, I've branched out into different um, areas that I would never have really thought about reading more about, especially with politics, um, uh, race, racism, things like that. So I, I think the times are changing. We do have work to do. We're always going to have work to do. 
But I, I think we are moving in a great direction. So along those lines, what can I do to make things better? I think one of the, uh, I'll sort of just speak to my experience. Uh, when I came out, my mother did not take it very well at all. She had a really hard time with it. And uh, fortunately, that was a number of years ago. We've been able to discuss it and kind of grow together. And I rem I've spoken to her several times about it. And I asked her, what was the best thing that made her more comfortable with having a a son that was gay. And she said the best thing for her was exposure. And I completely agree with that. I think the way to, to learn more is just to expose yourself to it more, to, to read about these things, to maybe explore some, some queer artists, some queer speakers, to really be open to being vulnerable. It's so hard. I, I struggle with this all the time to keep yourself vulnerable. We don't like it. It's uncomfortable. But when you, when you, when you go through that tunnel of vulnerability, you come out the other side so much more enlightened, so much lighter, the heaviness in your heart is going to be gone. Uh, it, and, and it's just going to create a, a better environment for everybody, for, for yourself, for your family, for your friends around you. You're going to be, um, a role model for them. And I would say, yeah, exposure is probably, probably the best thing. Don't be afraid to really get in there and learn more and, and ask questions. It's, it's, it's absolutely fine to, to ask questions, to make mistakes. If, if you are, if you humble yourself enough to say, I am learning, I want to do, please help me. That, that helps me too. And uh, uh, yeah. now, now if folks want to find uh, out more information about the podcast, uh, social media, all that stuff, uh, upcoming episodes, where's where's the best place uh, everywhere? Right. Uh, anywhere you can find podcasts. Is that right? I am so happy you asked. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am on all listening platforms. You can also find me on Instagram at mstuart16. And I encourage you to follow the podcast at a little something gay podcast on Instagram. You said it a little differently than I did. Oh, should I do, should I do it like I do on that episode? <laughs> yeah, go for it. <laughs> I haven't warmed up today, so let's just see what happens. You know, we're, we're all about just being vulnerable. So yeah, I, I just have this moment of vulnerability with you right now. <laughs> okay. So that is um, a little something gay and it's a little something. Yay. <laughs> there you go. Well, it, Michael, it has been great to visit with you and uh, I, I truly appreciate the conversation <laughs> and uh, hopefully we can catch up again real soon, my friend. I would love that. Thank you so much for having me. This has been wonderful. Again, pick up his podcast anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Well, I am glad to see that the tide is turning on dieting. I mean, who needs that pressure anyway? Especially now that we're like six months away from it being socially acceptable to wear sweatpants to a wedding. Now, according to a new survey, half of Americans say that they never plan on going on a diet again. Instead, we've learned to make some healthier choices in our daily lives. Now, the top five healthier food choices that people are making are drinking water instead of something with sugar, eating more salads, getting a side salad instead of fries, drinking smoothies, and eating more fruit. And I have uh, added none of those. Well, our next guest is the legendary Don McLean. Always great to visit with him. 
We're going to talk about the 50th anniversary of American Pie and, well, many other current projects he's got going as well. First off, Don, always great to visit with you, my friend. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me on your show. Now, now, Don, uh, another big event. It seems like every time we talk, there's always uh, something big. And and for you, the, the, the 50th anniversary of, of American Pie, and how can you quantify what the song, what the story to the song ha- has meant to, to, to your life professionally and also the, the opportunities it's afforded you as well? Well, it's funny because there's now a new version of this song by a group called uh, Home, Home Free. And they're an acapella group, and the song has been number one. Their version of the song, which has only voices, uh, has been number one on all the iTunes charts in the last two weeks, and number one on uh, the Taste of Country, the country music, uh, one of the outlets there. So the thing has taken off again with a new young group doing it in an acapella way. So... Um, you know, here it comes. Uh, so, you know, it's it's not the old version anymore. It's a whole different thing. And um, uh, it's pretty exciting, along with all the other uh, things that are going on this year um, and the demand, uh, not only for me, but for all the other songs I've written. I have this YouTube channel, which is uh, Don McLean YouTube channel. And... Um, we uploaded 11 albums and 173 tracks on that. It's got hundreds of videos, YouTube videos, um, and it's run by Time Life. And there's a, a new album that I came out with called Still Playing Favorites, which is uh, rock and roll, really, songs that I didn't write. And now I have an album ready to go of new songs that will come out this year. So it's a it's a busy time, and and Don, what is what's the the the, the thing that uh, this last year has made you appreciate the most, or, or look forward to the most when things get back to whatever the new normal is? Well, like I say, I mean, I've been doing a lot of things I've wanted to do for many years because of being home for this year. Um, you know, it's enabled me to to focus on songwriting and focus on this channel and getting some content, you know, uh, there and um, uh, doing all that stuff, you know, that I had uh, not done before. So it's been very, uh, actually been very positive for me um, to have this time. And of course, it coincides with, uh, you know, this 50th anniversary deal, which is uh, exploding. Uh, we've got a documentary movie we're going to be doing for Viacom and CBS, and uh, we've already put up a lot of money to do this. We signed the contract, so this is, this is really happening. Don, when you when you look back at the time when 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 the song was written, I mean, did you ever have any imagination or inclination that it was gonna do, be be anything extra special beyond just maybe therapeutic for you when you wrote? Well, it was a sensation from the time it came out. It was never, it was always talked about all over the place, written about like crazy. There were about two years there where, you know, you could not get away from it. And there was a, there was a bit of a backlash after that, you know, had enough of this song, had enough of this guy, I don't want to hear him anymore, you know, and uh, I can understand that completely. You know, I remember the Colonel uh, sold I Hate Elvis buttons, you know, I should have, 
I should have sold I hated American pie buttons and I would have made a whole bunch of money. Um, but it gradually stayed. Everything I did stayed. All the songs kept getting airplay. Kept, uh, recently, Spotify uh, said they had something like 290, uh, 290 million streams or something in 92 countries of all the songs that I've written. Uh, in one, that's just one year. Um, so, you know, this, this, this just keeps going on and on. And um, making records in the old days, I think there's a dividing line, really, between what's going on now and has been going on since video came in the 80s. The stuff before that, I think, is enshrined, if it's good, um, forever, because it was a different, whole different way of making, writing songs, a whole different way of making records, and um, it's in a certain uh, rarefied area that the stuff now is sort of throwaway, uh, forgettable. Um, I don't, you know, you just don't really see... Um, best ofs on TV for, you know, oh, here are the best ofs from the 2000s, you know, no, you don't see it. Now, now for you as a, as a songwriter, what, uh, how was the inspiration in this last 12 months? Did it, did it bring more inspiration for you? More, more lyrical inspiration, if you will? Well, I was always interested in America. I'm an American singer. I sing the American songbook. I, represent America when I go around the world on my many world concert tours. Uh, I am quintessentially American, and that's what I am. And um, so I wanted to write the American song about my country, and I didn't want to write This Land is Your Land or anything like that. So it took me a long time, but my mind is a, uh, I think, in a kind of a bebop way a lot of times. I don't really think in, you know, a lot of different musical uh, influences and jazz influences are in my my thinking. You know, if, for, our, for example, I loved Lenny Bruce. I loved um, all these sort of the hipper comedians, you know, um, from the 50s and the early 60s. And, and there's a lot of free-form songwriting in my head in terms of verses and the kind of music that I do. And I do everything that is different. I don't really do the same song twice. So, you know, Castles in the Air is not like Crossroads, not like Winterwood, not like American Pie. You know, I, I do different things. Now, whenever whenever Home Free came to you about uh, the the possibility of of re-releasing the single, changing it up a little bit, what was what was your first inclination when uh, when, when you were approached? Well, uh, Home Free um, had done something else, and they do things with other artists, the country, country artists mostly. And my uh, management in Nashville suggested American Pie, and I thought oh, we didn't thought about that. Well, it's the best thing they ever did I, because it's helped them. Uh, uh, it's put them right front and center, and they're all really happy about it. I'm glad for them. You know, young people, and they're, you know, in this time now when everything is in trouble, you know, they're moving forward and, you know, you're not hearing too many of those kind of stories. 
That's right. And again, the, uh, the 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 50th anniversary of American Pie got the uh, the, the new release. Want to make sure and check that out. And Don always want to make sure and let folks know where they can find all of the uh, all of the other all YouTube the the website and social media as well. Yeah, just go to you, Don McLean YouTube channel, or you can go AmericanPie.com, DonMcLean.com. There are a lot of roads that lead to the same place. That's right. Well, Don, it is uh, it is always a privilege. I, I truly appreciate your time again today. Hope you uh, hope you stay safe the rest of uh, of the week, and uh, hopefully we'll catch up again real soon. Well, I hope so too, and I enjoyed talking to you. Again, you can check him out. Well, type his name and Google it. You'll find Don McLean. Now, a lot of people are double masking it after the CDC has said that two masks can offer more protection. But you shouldn't do it with every type of mask. Now, there are two mask combos that you shouldn't use. Well, here are two, I should say. Number one, don't wear a second mask over an N95 mask or KN95 mask. N95s are designed to fit tight and make a seal, and wearing a second mask on top of it could make it fit worse, plus make it a little hard to breathe. The second you don't want to use is uh, two disposable masks on top of each other. You know, we're talking about the blue surgical ones that a lot of people wear. They're not designed to fit tight and make a seal, but wearing a second one can mess with the fit and prevents you from breathing through the fabric, so more air comes through the sides. Now you can wear two cloth masks though, or a disposable mask with a cloth mask because they tend to fit better that way. The CDC recommends putting the disposable one on first and then a cloth mask on top of it. Well again, thanks for joining me for this 24th episode of season two of Good Questions with Cameron Dole. If you ever have a comment, a question, anything else you'd like to know, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, all at GQ with Cam. If you'd like to help out in the funding for this podcast, feel free to click the support tab and follow the instructions. And if you have a special guest idea, email me, gqwithcam at gmail.com. Again, thanks to our good friend Brandon Allen for coming up with the music for Good Questions with Cameron Dole. We'll let him play us out. Hope you guys have a great rest of your Wednesday. Wednesday.